Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. I want to talk to you about the topic of divine discomfort. Divine discomfort. Say, what in the world could be divine about discomfort. Sometimes discomfort is divine. Um, And just as we uh, get going, excuse me there, just as we get going, I want to just remember our verse of the year. This is the 2021 theme verse and we are memorizing it. And so I'm just going to read it right now, right there where you are. You can read it and maybe by, by now you've already memorized it. So This is Acts chapter 6, verse 7. It says, Then the word of God spread, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly. Right there where you are. Let's do that again. Maybe say it with me. Then the word of God spread, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly. Acts 6, 7. We believe that the word God gave us for the year 2021 is multiply and all year long. This is sort of our slogan or our phrase of the year. What we wanna do is this, multiply the culture of Jesus through the words of Jesus. Let me say it again, maybe you wanna say it with me. Multiply the culture of Jesus through the words of Jesus. Speaking of the words of Jesus, starting here in a couple of weeks, I shared with you at the beginning um, of the year, and we're going to start here in a couple of weeks. We're literally as a church on Sundays together, we're going to read word for word through the entire gospel of Mark. And I truly believe as we examine and study the words of Jesus all together, the values and the culture of Jesus are going to be multiplied in us and subsequently through us in our city and in our society. Now, with that, again, I want to talk to you today, actually from the book of Mark, we're going to talk about divine discomfort, okay? So let's go to Mark chapter 2, and we're going to read verses 18 through 22. I'll read through it completely, and then we're going to break it down. Mark 2, starting with verse 18. Once, when John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting, some people came to Jesus and asked, why don't your disciples fast like John's disciples and the Pharisees do? Jesus replied, do wedding guests fast? while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. They can't fast when the groom is with them, but someday the groom will be taken away from them, and then they'll fast. Besides, who would patch old clothing with new cloth? For the new patch would shrink and rip away from the old cloth, leaving an even bigger tear than before. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, for the new wine would burst. And uh, other translations say the new wine would expand 
or ferment and expand and burst the wineskins. Other translations of that also, rather than calling them wineskins, call them bottles, brittle bottles, okay? But the point is that the new wine would ferment, it would expand, and it would pop the wineskin or break the brittle old bottle. And then the wine and the skins or the bottles would both be lost. New wine calls for new wineskins or new bottles. Wow. There is so much revelation and wisdom here in Jesus' analogy. So let's just talk through it. We're going to go back to verse 18. It says, Once when John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting, some people came to Jesus and asked. There will always be some people like this. Basically, why aren't you guys doing it like they're doing it or like we're doing it, right? Why don't your disciples fast like John's disciples and the Pharisees do? I think the feeling that they had was, why are you changing things? Or why are things changing? I don't know if you've ever felt like that or even wondered that. God, why are you changing things? Or why is the way we're doing things changing? Why don't we do things like we always have? Why aren't we doing things anymore like we used to? Or why aren't we doing things like everybody else is doing? That's what these Pharisees and, and disciples of John, were, everybody else is fasting. Why aren't we doing that, right? I would like to call this divine discomfort. These guys were uncomfortable with the way that Jesus was doing things. Have you ever found yourself there? I know I have. When what Jesus is doing or the way Jesus is doing it is a little bit uncomfortable, but it's actually a good discomfort if we interpret it the right way. But these guys were just upset because Jesus wasn't doing it the same way anymore. Because Jesus was changing things up. Because Jesus wasn't doing it like everybody else. And you know, that tends to be the way Jesus is, right? Let's keep moving on with the scripture. The next verse says, Jesus replied, Do wedding guests fast while celebrating with the group? I mean, just imagine that. If, you're, uh, if there's a wedding weekend going on and you've got the, you know, the, 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 the bachelor's, bachelorette's party or whatever and the um, uh, wedding showers or whatever and then you've got the actual wedding ceremony and then the reception and the last thing you would do when celebrating a wedding would be to fast, right? Or mourn. Fasting for the Pharisees was sort of like a sign of mourning, even though for God it really isn't always that. But for them, this was like a, a sign of mourning, okay? And Jesus is saying, during a wedding celebration, would you fast? Of course not. They can't fast while the groom is with them. What do you do during a wedding celebration? You rejoice. You party, you have a good time, you enjoy it. Weddings are all about joy, right? But then Jesus said, but someday the groom will be taken from them and then they'll fast. There is a place for fasting. In fact, we've been fasting the month of January. We've been, uh, some people have been fasting throughout the month in different ways. And we've been fasting together on Wednesdays as a family. There is a place for fasting. But 
For them, in, in, in this context, fasting was sort of a sign of, 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 of gloom and mourning, okay? And Jesus was saying, that's not what we do in a wedding uh, celebration. It's time to have joy and rejoice and party together. And what I want to bring to your attention here today is when Jesus is leading us into something new, we should rejoice, not mourn. Unfortunately, oftentimes when Jesus changes things up and he begins to lead us into something new, we try to hold on to things. We more like mourn, like, oh no, but the old way and the old thing. But Jesus is inviting us into a celebration. He's inviting us to rejoice whenever he leads us into something new. You know, the right thing to do when God is at work and he's doing something new or leading us into something new or leading us in a new direction, the right thing to do is to embrace the new rather than just trying to hold on for dear life to the old. But human nature is to try to hang on to what's comfortable. Human nature is to try to hang on to what we have just been used to, right? But God is the God of the new thing. Now, for God, there is nothing new. But when he does things, it's new to us, right? So when God is leading us into something new, whatever it may be in our life, in our heart, in our way of thinking, in our family, in our relationships, in our career, in our church, whatever it is that is new or the new way God is speaking to you or leading you is an invitation into something that should cause us joy. We should intentionally rejoice in the new thing rather than mourning or trying to hang on or hold on to dear life to that which is old. Many people, I have seen this, I've experienced it in my own life. I'll be honest and say, I have done this and I've watched many others do this. We miss out on the joy of the new because we're just so comfortable with the old. We miss out on the joy of the new thing God wants to do in us, through us, in our midst, because we've grown just so comfortable with what we're used to, with the old or with the status quo, right? Another thing I have experienced myself and I've seen in many is that we miss out on the joy of the new because we're afraid of it. We're afraid of change. But listen, have you ever experienced momentary discomfort that later resulted in a good change? But ask that question again. I really want you to think about it. Have you ever experienced a momentary discomfort that later resulted in a good change. For example, maybe you've experienced changing your diet, trying to eat right, right? When you first change your diet, when you first try to stop eating junk food and eat healthy food, it does produce momentary discomfort. But a few weeks down the road, your health begins to change, your body begins to change, your energy level begins to come up. It's a, a momentary discomfort to change your diet, 
but it produces a good change. How about uh, those uh, of us that have ever um, decided to exercise or go to the gym, right? You, if you've ever done it, you know that when you first decide, now I'm going to exercise, I'm going to start jogging a mile, or I'm going to go to the gym four times a week or whatever, the first week or two that you do it, it is very uncomfortable. It produces momentary discomfort. But then a few weeks or months down the road, your life has changed. Your, your health has gotten better. It was momentary discomfort that produced a good, positive change. And I just want to propose to you this morning this truth from the Word of God. It's always worth momentary discomfort in order to experience a good change. It's always worth momentary discomfort in order to experience a good change. And let me tell you, 2021, we believe God's called us to multiply. Multiplication produces discomfort. Multiplication most definitely produces discomfort. If you've ever had a baby, you've multiplied yourself. I've had two. Many of you have had more. Others of you have never had a baby, but you've been around babies. And you know that multiplication produces discomfort. When, uh, when, when we multiply and have children, uh, there is a season that is very uncomfortable, but it's one of the biggest joys you'll ever experience is having a baby. We rejoice when babies are born, but moms and dads go through a time of sleeplessness and uh, learning to change poopy diapers and learning to deal with all of the discomfort that goes along with having a baby. But it's such a joy and produces lifelong joy. It's a positive change to have a baby, but it produced a momentary discomfort. I've talked to grandparents that say that the discomfort isn't momentary, that there's a, the rest of your life you're always going to be dealing with some sort of discomfort with children, but that the joy greatly outweighs the discomfort and everything that we have to deal with as parents and, and grandparents. Um, I, I go back to, you know, to the gym. When your muscles start to develop, it definitely is, uh, it hurts. <laughs> it produces a momentary discomfort. Why? Because your muscles are, quote unquote, multiplying. They're growing. They're getting bigger. The cells and the fibers are tearing and they're growing and, and multiplying. Okay. And so every time there's growth and multiplication, it produces discomfort. In fact, including in church this past year, 2020, uh, it, it's crazy to say this because this hasn't been the reality uh, everywhere, but Encounter Church grew substantially in the year 2020. In fact, we almost doubled in the year 2020, and it was one of the most joyous seasons, but at the same time, it was one of the most uncomfortable seasons we'd ever been through. We were going through the year of the pandemic and the, 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 the racial injustice and political unrest and all of this stuff that was going on in the year 2020. It was so uncomfortable, but it was a year that we pretty much doubled the size of our church and got this new building. 
And now, once again, we're going through uncomfortable things, but because it's because we're going to multiply. So I just want to say to you again, embrace the momentary discomfort because momentary discomfort is worth it in order to experience a good, positive change. Let's move on with the scripture. Jesus said, besides, okay, who would patch old clothing with new cloth? Think about it. For the new patch would shrink. That's what new clothes do. They shrink when they get washed, right? The new patch would shrink and then it would rip away from the old cloth, leaving an even bigger tear than before. And then Jesus says, and no one puts new wine into old wineskins, or again, other translations say into old brittle bottles, okay? For the new wine would expand and burst the skins, or would ferment and burst or pop the brittle old bottles, and then both the wine and the wineskin or the bottle would be lost. New wine calls for new wineskins. Something new calls for something new. When God does something new, there has to be a new way, oftentimes, of going about it. Now, let me just say this, and this is where we need to be very careful, okay, with our perspective. Former things, or quote-unquote old things, former things, former ways, old ways, old things, old structures, old moves of God are not bad, and we should never, ever look at it that way. Former things and old things serve as an example to teach us how to go about, how to host, how to hold the new thing that God is doing. Old clothes aren't bad. They're just old. They were great. They've just grown old. Old wineskins aren't bad. It's not a negative thing. Old bottles aren't bad. It's just that they've grown old, stiff, hardened, not stretchy, not flexible, brittle, breakable, right? And with that, I just want to, to, to help us understand today what Jesus is trying to teach us. There simply comes, and, and in this moment, Jesus had come to bring something totally new. He had come to bring the gospel. He had come to bring the kingdom of God from the heavens into the hearts of people, into the earth, right? Something totally new. What God was doing, he had burst onto the scenes through the Lord Jesus Christ. We were literally looking at a physical manifestation of God himself. The visible image of the invisible God was there. The kingdom was with them. It was something new. And the disciples of John and the Pharisees didn't know what to think or how to handle it. And the thing is that all that God had done in the Old Testament and under the Old Covenant, it wasn't bad. It was just simply former. It was old. Its time had run out. And it was time for the new. And there simply comes a time when God is doing something new. And the old methods and the old structures simply won't work 
any longer. You know, I was thinking about this. Have you ever tried fixing something old rather than just accepting that its time was up? Have you ever tried fixing something old rather than accepting it was time for something new? I have. Have you ever had a car that all it is, all it has become is a money pit? You can fix it and fix it and fix it. You can patch it up. You can patch the transmission. You can, you know, change the, 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 the spark plugs and you can change engine parts and you can change this, that and everything. And all it's going to be is fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it. It becomes a money pit. It's simply time to get a new car. But oh, how we love our car. I don't want to, I just love my car. I don't want to get rid of it. Some of you are like, thank you, Jesus, it's time for a new car. But you know, I know people that are just absolutely in love with their old car and they don't want to get rid of it. They're willing to just keep patching it up and fixing it up and spending all that money. But in reality, uh, and car is just, you know, one example of that. I'm sure that you can make, maybe even in the comments, you can type in something. What's another example of that? Something that People just keep trying to fix and fix and fix, but it's actually just time for something new, right? <sighs> this is the reality. Sometimes old structures cannot hold the new things God is doing and building. Sometimes old ways or methods or structures or habits cannot hold or contain the new thing God is doing, the new thing God is building. You can apply this to your life. Sometimes your old habits cannot hold the new thing God is wanting to do with your life. Sometimes the new thing God is doing or wanting to do in your family can't be contained by the the way you've always done things in your family. Sometimes the new work God wants to do in and through your relationships, sometimes that new thing cannot be contained by the old way you've always done relationships and friendships. Maybe the new thing God wants to do in your career or in your job can't be contained by the same old thing you've always done. Maybe it's time for something new. I know for sure I know for sure that the new thing God is doing in the church, I can speak for our church. I can't speak for every church, but I can speak for Encounter Church. God is doing something new, although to him it's not new, and to the kingdom of God it really isn't new, but to us... What he's leading us into is a new season. It's something fresh. It's something different. And it is going to require us to do something different, to do things in a different way. In fact, that's why we're sort of having a little pause with our small groups. We're doing this Wednesday night prayer and discipleship. And guess what, guys? That's not the only thing new. Be ready for new things. Be ready for different ways of doing things because God is speaking things. God is doing things. He's moving by his spirit in us. I believe he wants to use Encounter Church. He wants to use us to touch and bring a move of God, a revival to the city. But we need to be willing to accept the new thing 
and not hold on to always the old and the former ways. Sometimes God isn't asking us to fix the old. Sometimes he's asking us to build something new. Can you hear him speaking that to you, to your life personally, family, job, relationships, ministry? Sometimes God isn't asking us to fix something old. He's asking us to build something new. Jesus said it would be like putting a new patch on an old garment. A new patch on an old garment. Listen, oftentimes the new ideas, methods, and structures of the new thing to hold the new thing that God is doing, sometimes the new ways are simpler. Sometimes it can seem, seem that the, the new way or the new thing God is doing can seem to even like shrink or simplify things in such a way that the old former things or ideas or structures or methods or habits, all of that just simply won't fit anymore because the new thing God is doing may be simpler or it may require us to do things in a simpler way. For some of us that might feel like it's shrinking. And the reality is if we're applying the new thing but trying to make it fit on the old way, the old method, the old structure, the old idea, the old perspective, the, the former ways, what's going to happen is that the simplicity, the shrinkage of that will tear an even bigger hole into the old thing. And that's not the goal. In fact, listen, I've seen this happen. If we insist on trying to make all of the old fit with the new, we end up with a big, broken mess. If we try to take the new thing, and at the same time we try to make it fit with all the old, what ends up happening is it just breaks. And I know that you don't want that to happen in any area of your life, your family, your, your, your job, your relationships, your ministry, our church, right? So here is what I'm calling the, the multiply lesson. The multiply lesson from this. What God does produces change. What God does produces change. Sometimes God shrinks things so they can grow. Let God have his way with you. Let's allow God to do the new, to show us the new way, even if it simplifies things, even if it means all the old can't fit anymore because God often shrinks things so that they can grow. That was the new patch on the old garment. Now let's go with new wine in an old wineskin or bottle. New wine, as you know, ferments and it 
expands. Over time, wine ferments more, and therefore it expands, okay? What ends up happening? Cracked bottles leak, and old, dry wineskins, well, they pop, okay? What can we learn from this? Everything God does not only produces change, but everything God does grows. Everything God does grows, multiplies. The first commandment God gave to human beings was grow, basically. Be fruitful and multiply and take over the earth, right? Everything that God does grows. It multiplies. But here's the challenge. Everything God does grows, and I must grow myself if I'm going to be able to contain it. Everything God does expands and grows, so I must be willing and able to expand and grow myself if I'm going to be able to hold and contain that new thing God is doing. This requires flexibility, (laughs) humility, meekness, and teachableness. If I, listen, I have been walking with Jesus since I was a teenager. I've been making disciples since I was a teenager. I've been in ministry since I was a teenager. And these things I've noticed truly enable people to carry something powerful from God. I said them already. Let me say it again. Flexibility. You've got to be willing to let yourself be stretched. It's not always going to be comfortable. You've got to be flexible, not hard, not stubborn, not stiff, but flexible. Just allow yourself to be stretched by God. Another thing is humility, not thinking higher of yourself or lower of yourself, but truly viewing yourself according to the word of God. Truly think of yourself the way God says about you in his word. Humility, right? Not feeling threatened or not having to compare yourself with other people or other things, but truly just accepting yourself for who you are, for the way God made you and what the word of God says about you. Live according to that truth. That's humility. If you live that way, you'll be able to contain something very precious and powerful from God. Another thing would be meekness or teachableness. Listen, every step I walk with Jesus, I learn something new. I've learned new things from many of you. If I stop learning new things, I cease to be a real disciple. If I stop learning, if I stop being teachable and I just become hard and stubborn or think I know it all or think I don't need anyone else's input or opinion or think I don't need to learn from people that are more mature, then then I'm going to stop growing. And if I stop growing... There will come a point where I, cannot no, I can no longer hold the new thing God is doing. To truly walk with Jesus 
And I know many of you have probably experienced this and you've learned this. Those of you that have been walking with Jesus for for years, you know that what I'm about to say is true. But I want to challenge you. If you're new to following Jesus, please embrace this truth. Please embrace this reality. It'll take you a long way. And that is this. Following Jesus is going to require you to change. Not once, not twice, not a hundred (laughs) times. But again and again and again. Walking with Jesus. Truly, not just to walk a step or two with him and then not follow any longer. Not just to walk with Jesus for a year or two and that's it. No, to truly walk with Jesus as a disciple for the rest of our lives will require flexibility, willingness to change and then change some more and then change some more and then change some more and then change some more. Walking with Jesus will require the willingness and the flexibility to change again and then change again and then change again. Why? Because the Bible says we're growing from glory to glory into his image. We're becoming more and more like him as we walk with him, as we behold him. But we have to be willing to be flexible, to be humble, to be teachable, to not be... You guys, following Jesus is not one and done. Oh no, it's not two and done. It's not ten and done. It's not a thousand and done. We have to be willing to be flexible and teachable to change more and more and again and again. Maybe if you're sitting with somebody there at your house or if you're joined with people watching them, uh, with them, just tell them, don't be a stiff, okay? Stiffs don't follow Jesus very well. We need to be changeable. We need to be teachable, flexible, okay? So here is the multiply lesson for that. What God does expands and grows, and I must expand and grow myself if I want to carry it, okay? The first multiply lesson was the new patch on the old garment. What God does produces change, and sometimes God shrinks or simplifies things so that they can grow. We need to be willing to walk that way, to embrace that. And then this one again, what God does expands and grows. And I must expand and grow myself if I'm going to be able to carry it. Now, just to bring this to a close, to multiply like God is calling us, we need three things. God has called us to multiply. And we're going to be learning more and more and more about that throughout this year. But God has called us to multiply. But we need three things. Let me just tell you, if you want to multiply the way God's called you to, you need a new life, a soft heart, and an open mind. A new life. To walk with Jesus is not to just patch up your old life. If we're truly going to walk with Jesus and serve him and multiply, we need a new life. 
just trying to fix our old life won't cut it. It'll just tear a big hole and make a big mess. Jesus isn't calling you to just fix up your old life. He wants to give you a new and abundant life. Listen, religious striving won't cut it. Just being religious and striving in a religious way won't cut it. It'll just make a mess. To experience and walk in the new and abundant life Jesus offers us, we have to walk in close relationship with him because newness of life flows from our life being connected to him okay we need a new life second of all if we're going to multiply we need a soft heart not a hard heart not a stubborn heart a soft heart in other words willingness to allow God to have his way rather than insisting on our own way. If I'm always just insisting on my way, I have a hard heart. A soft heart says, God, I lay me down. I give up my own ways and I embrace your ways. A heart that expands more and more rather than a heart that closes up when there's discomfort. If you find that your heart just closes up when things get uncomfortable, when things are changing. Allow the Holy Spirit to do a work in your heart. Open up your heart. Let Him give you a soft heart. Pray and ask Him to soften your heart, to give you a heart that's moldable, that's flexible, that can open up and grow and expand with what He's doing. We need a new life. Not fix up our old one. Stay close to Jesus. We need a new, um, we need a soft heart that can expand and grow, but we need also to have an open mind. Listen, things change from time to time. Things change from time to time. We need to never just stubbornly cling to our limited ideas, methods structures, ways. I always like to quote uh, from the Chosen series, Jesus tells his disciples, get used to different. And in reality, following Jesus is a constant get used to different. We have to have an open mind and we have to keep an open mind. Not an open mind to the world, but an open mind to God. He's bigger than we could ever dream. And as we follow him, there are always gonna be new things. And that's gonna require keeping an open mind that says, yes, I'm willing to look at things differently. I'm willing to go about things in a different way. You know, again, I said it already, I'll say it again. It feels like we're at, in our church, we're in like a, a reset, like a reset button is being pressed. And it is sort of uncomfortable. Again, we've taken this break from our small groups. We have a new way that we're doing Wednesdays. We're working on moving towards a new way of doing small groups and discipleship. So many different things are changing. The way we do our prayer meetings is changing. And even the way we relate to each other in some ways is changing. 
And I'm just so excited because I know that we have a soft heart here at Encounter Church. We have an open mind. You have a soft heart. You have an open mind. And I believe that because of that, we're going to multiply greatly. The Bible says in Acts 6, 7, our year-long verse, the word of God spread. The number of disciples multiplied greatly. I believe that is us. I believe that is where we are going today. How is your life? Are you letting Jesus give you his new life or are you just trying to fix up and patch up your old life? Come close to him today. Draw near to him today. Allow him to change things in your life rather than you just trying to strive and patch up the old things. Let him completely change things rather than you trying to fix things. How's your life? Bring that to the Lord today. How's your heart? Today, do you find yourself with a closed, hard heart that you just find it really, really hard to accept change? Well, if that's your case today, open your heart to the Lord. Be honest with Him. Ask Him to change your heart and give you a soft heart. How's your mind today? Do you have a closed mind or an open mind? about the things of God and the ways of God. Open your mind and say, Lord, whatever you're doing and however you're doing it, I'm going to change the way I think so that I can go with you. If we have a new life, a soft heart and an open mind, we'll be able to contain the new thing, the new wine that God is pouring out and God will grow it and multiply it. He'll multiply you. He'll multiply me. He'll multiply us. And he will use us to impact our community. I just want to pray with you today. All of you that are watching, if you have never, first of all, if you've never received a new life in Christ, today you can be born again. In fact, Jesus doesn't offer you a better life. He offers you a new life. He says that you must be born again. How can I be born again? To be born again means I turn away. I change my mind. I, I change my heart, right? I turn away from a sinful life, from a life that's far away from God, a life that's just me doing my own thing my own way. The Bible calls that repentance. To repent means to turn away from the old and to embrace the new. Today, if you want to be born again, if you want to receive the new life Jesus offers you, call out to him right there where you are. Something very simple. There's no magic words I can pray with you, but something very simple like, Jesus, I'm sorry. I've lived my life my own way. I'm a sinner. But today, I I want to change. I decide to change. Jesus, I turn my heart away. I turn my life away from my own way and from this world's way, from sin. Forgive me, Jesus. Wash me. Change me. Set me free from sin. Set me free from doing life my own way. 
I surrender my heart fully to you. I surrender my life. Jesus, save me. Jesus, I receive you as my Lord. Jesus, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Today I receive a new life. Jesus' name. And the rest of us, let's pray. Lord, today I surrender. Come on, just right there where you are, just respond to his word today. I surrender my life. Jesus, I'm not gonna try to live this life just patching up my old ways, just trying to fix myself. No, Jesus, I surrender my life fully to you. I draw near to you and I, I wanna live every day, every step of the way near to you in close relationship with you full of your life, full of your spirit, the abundant life that you give to those who walk near to you, those who live connected to you, Jesus. I receive today your life. Jesus, today I open my heart up. Jesus, I, 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 instead of hardness of heart, I open my heart. I pray that you would change it, that you would soften my heart. Any area of my heart that's been hard, Jesus, change my heart. Give me a soft, moldable, teachable, flexible heart. A heart that can grow and expand with the new things that you're doing. Jesus, I surrender my mind, my opinions, my perspective, my attitudes. I surrender today, Jesus. I'm not going to hold on to my own ways of thinking. I'm not going to insist on thinking in my own way or having my own opinions or attitudes or perspective. Jesus, I surrender my mind, my way of thinking to you, to your word, to your Holy Spirit. Change the way I think. Open my eyes to see things the way you see things, Jesus. I give you my life, my heart, my mind. Jesus, I embrace the new, the new thing that you are doing. Use me to multiply your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.